Hey guys, we are Emma and Jessica, and welcome to our podcast, the MSR Files and X-Files podcast. In this episode, we're going to go over Ascension. We'll go through it scene by scene and discuss while interjecting with our own thoughts. Hope you enjoy. So this one was directed by Michael Lang and the writers were Chris Carter and Paul Brown. Okay, so the episode starts off and we're in Washington DC. It is 11.23pm. McMulder is walking into his house and it's raining outside, there's lightning. So he checks his answering machine and it is Scully's message that she left at the end of the last episode telling him about how she scanned the chip and it scanned weird and there was like numbers and serial codes and stuff. Then... There's the sound of the breaking, and Dwayne Barry is coming in to abduct her, and we get that. I mean, it's not nice, but for Shipper wants, it's just like, Mulder, I need your help. <laughs> so it's nice. <laughs> so yeah, so as soon as he hears Scully calling for him, he gets right up and leaves and goes to her apartment. So he pulls up and gets out, and he is like, speeding along. Like, there's nothing holding him back from getting into that house. And there's people everywhere. They're documenting the scene and stuff. There's yellow tape. So he shows his badge to a policeman and gets let through. And then when he goes upstairs, he sees the broken windows. He sees the blood on the wall and his own reflection in the glass. And that we get a flashback to what happened with Scully pulling up their blinds and Dwayne Barry's just like standing there like a wee creeper. <laughs> creep of the week. He is just a little creep. So aye. So it's just basically what happened in the last episode. She falls, drops the phones, he punches through the window. Punches through? I must, they must punch through. I don't know. That's not to break the window. He breaks in basically and snatches her up. But this is all in Mulder's head so he's like piecing together what happened. So he walks over to the middle of the room and he sees the table smashed and he sees the blood and everything and in the flashback uh, Scully's reaching for a gun and the table smashes. I think it was like a wrist or something that bumps against it. Yeah, I think so. This is what happens when you do recording again. <laughs> How many ever weeks it was since we actually watched and wrote these notes. Yeah. So basically the, the, the table smashes. Dwayne Barry smashes the phone to stop her from calling for Mulder. And as Mulder's walking out of the room, he brushes up against blood on the wall, or he leaves like bloody fingers on the wall. Yeah, he leaves bloody fingers because he was touching the blood on the table, was he not? Uh -huh. The glass table. Yeah, yeah. So he's already disturbed a crime scene, and then yeah. he's done it again. Yeah, as I said on the last recording, it just makes him look so incompetent. Uh -huh. it's, like I know they're trying to be like, oh, he's like broken up and like he can't think straight, can't sleep or anything. But I'm like. If he's trying to find her, he should be doing his best to like preserve the crime scene as best yeah. as possible so that it's, they have like an easier job of finding her and he's just being an absolute idiot going around without gloves, touching mm -hmm. stuff while they're still processing the crime scene. Yep. And it's just, it just makes him look like an idiot and it's shit like this that really pisses me off. Like, I don't understand why no one said, Chris, that's not a great idea for your character. Because he's supposed to be this genius, wonder boy agent who's only not taken seriously because he like believes in aliens and everything. But other than that, he was supposed to be great in the crime division. And I'm just like, really? Because he's fucking up a crime scene right now, so... It is. It is very stupid. Just silly writing. So in the background, we hear a policeman saying, like, you know, sorry, ma'am, you can't come through. You, know, you can't disturb the crime scene. And I'm just like, this boy's already done it. Like, doesn't it? Yeah. Just free reign. Doesn't really matter. For sure. But here she comes. Our the absolute queen. legend. Our lord and saviour. Yeah. <laughs> Maggie Scully. So she's fighting to get in. She's like, no, this is my daughter's apartment. She's like, let me go. I have to get in. I have to get through. So Mulder uh, goes right up to her. And he's just like, oh, Mrs. Scully. And it's just such a weird, I don't know. It just feels like such a clunky moment. Like it doesn't fit in. Yeah. They like reaches for her shoulder. And then it's just like, they both see the blood. And I'm just like, what, what were you trying to achieve here? How traumatizing for Maggie. I know. But it does not work. But yeah, it's just a strange scene. But yeah, basically Mulder's like, she's not in there. And Maggie Scully is just like, well, where is she? And Mulder doesn't answer. And oh, my little heart. He's like, fuck Tavano. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to give Maggie Scully a hug. So we cut to 11.46pm. They're outside the house. And there's reporters and like cameramen and stuff. Want to like report on it, obviously. And like the police. And Mulder and Maggie are speaking in the doorway. And Maggie says that I knew this would happen this way. I had a dream about Dana being taken away. So that she was going to call her, but she was afraid she was going to scare her. So she sits down and Mulder sits across from her to listen. And Maggie says that she would have laughed at me anyway. She doesn't believe in that kind of thing. Yeah, and it's just like, boy, does he know. Yeah. He's only been shooting down all his theories for the last year. 
<laughs> so Katia FBI headquarters in Washington DC. Always shock. a shock. Yeah. <laughs> it's eight oh three a.m. All dry lips are sitting off to the side, smoking in a meeting where Skinner is walking around the table. How early did they start in the FBI? I don't know. I mean, catch me in the office at eight oh three. Nope. You're lucky if you catch me in the office at nine oh three. Fair. Okay, so at the table in the meeting, there's Mulder, Krychek, and a number of other officials. And Skinner is going through, like, trying to figure out what's happened, and he's trying to get all the facts about what has happened to each Scully. And he's asking if, well, said that in Scully's research, it stated that Dwayne Barry had a propensity for violence, deviant behaviour, just due to brain damage from a bullet wound in the head. And he asks if this is an operational opinion and looks to Mulder for an answer, but he doesn't give one. And Mulder's not looking well. He's got that stubble and that exhaustion. He's looking job. good, but he's not looking well. <laughs> he does not look like he is coping. The gals that know, no. Yeah, you get it, you get yeah, it. The girlies that get it. <laughs> we get it. And oh, you yeah, I left a wee comment. I was like, oh, I guess that's what happens when someone nicks the love of your life. Yes. <laughs> I forgot about that. No one is as beat up about their partner, like their work partner, who she wasn't even anyway, because yeah. they'd been split up. Yeah. But, yeah. This is how you act when the love of your life has been taken, not your work partner. Yeah. <laughs> like, if someone took someone from my work, I'd be like, that's sad. Aye. I, I, I'd maybe lose some sleep over it, obviously. I'd be quite, like, startling, <laughs> come to think about it. <laughs> but I wouldn't be as distraught as what he's been. Like, he can't go on with life. Yeah. And I'm like, you only act like that with someone you love, in love with. <laughs> yeah. And yet, Chris Carr yeah. was like, they're not in love. But I was like, well, that's what you're writing, pal. Yeah. Yeah. Because on the one hand, you've got shoddy police work. And on the other hand, they're like, oh, they're, they're not in love. And I'm like, well, they are. Yeah. Like, that's what we're looking at. If that's not love, I don't know why. Exactly. So Crycheck pipes up and says that Dwayne Barry was convinced he was going to be abducted by aliens and that by taking someone else to the abduction site, he won't be abducted himself. And Skinner, like, says to confirm he's like, that he's following orders from the alien voices inside his head. <laughs> and Crycheck says yes. And then Skinner says that it's an interesting spin on the Nuremberg defence. Which we went over last time. We did, yeah. And I guessed that it was meaning saying like, oh, I was just following orders or like I was doing it so it didn't happen to me. <laughs> and I did Google it like I said I was going to do it and I was spot pretty much. I can't remember exactly what I said now, but I remember like Googling it afterwards. I was like, ah, oh, I was pretty much right. So it was yeah. a good enough guess. Educated guess. <laughs> As they say in skill. Yeah, so Skinner is asking what explanation Mulder subscribes to. And Mulder brings up the excellent point of the question is how he could have gone to her in the first place. <laughs> yeah. So he knows something is suspicious. And another guy, another agent, <laughs> we don't actually find out his name. Is it always like another agent or another like ADA? Oh, possibly. Because yeah. they all seem like they're higher up. Like they're on like all that we board or something. True. And do you think his alien voices told him, like, basically, this is where yeah. Scully is? And Mulder says that Agent Scully was carrying a small piece of metal that was removed from Dwayne Barry's abdomen implant he described as a tracking device. And the guy pipes up, saying, Agent Scully thought you you had made a major miscalculation in Dwayne Barry's psychosis. Is that true? <laughs> and Mulder's like, yeah, but it still doesn't explain how he could have found her. Yeah. So Crycheck looks over to old Dry Lips and they are looking so... They honestly couldn't make themselves look any more suspicious, to be honest. I can't say suspicious. Suspicious. <laughs> I can't say that for some reason. do like a Sean Connery. I oh, yeah. didn't. <laughs> True. The struggles of being Scottish. <laughs> So Skinner is asking where he would be taking her. Mulder says he doesn't know. He talked about a mountain, but he wasn't specific about the location. So Skinner says, well, however he got to her, whatever his motives, he took Agent Crowley's car and weapon. I think we all understand the seriousness of this matter and should proceed ahead quickly with all possible resources. He says that he wants them to turn their files over to HRT and Mulder is like, nope, I'd like to brief them myself. Like, I'm going to be part of this because he needs to go save his woman <laughs> and Skinner's like nope go home you've been up all night get some sleep and we know that if he went home he would not be in any sleep yeah so pointless Skinner absolutely yep. pointless but also why are you just getting in the way all the time stop being a dick Skinner took me a long time to like Skinner yeah I feel like we talked about this before eh? I just knew I was gonna like him because you were so excited to see him when we watched the films and I didn't have a clue who he was but I was just like he's such an asshole like when, when is he actually gonna be good yeah I can't even think when he does start like when I start liking them, I guess around season four or five. I would, yeah, I would think so. Season four or five, we're starting to help them a lot oh, more. Yeah. But still, he does get in our way quite a lot as well. And I'm Aye. just like, my dude. Like I know, 
you're like their boss and you've got to like draw these lines but still sometimes i'm like throw them a fucking bone if the work's getting done what's the problem <laughs> apparently they have a higher like case resolution than everyone else <laughs> what was that was that in tombs and i was just like fuck right off because in what, not seen it. <laughs> in what world because <laughs> saying it was aliens <laughs> isn't a case resolution nope yeah, so Mulder's saying that he knows Dwayne Barry, he's been in his head, and Skinner says that he's too close to the case, if need be, we will. And Mulder's like still trying to argue it, and he's like, nope, that's an order, and then he looks to Crycheck and tells him to make sure that he, get, he gets home safely. I'm like, it's quite cute. And Skinner's just like, he's probably like, make sure he goes home and doesn't come back out. Yeah, he doesn't trust them. But it's quite sweet if he means like, oh, make sure he gets home, okay. Looks <laughs> like he's about to keel over. Text me when you're home, babe. <laughs> exactly. I was the worst at doing that, by the way. When people used to say, text me when you're home, and I'd be like, okay, and then get home and totally forget about it. And then I get a text me like, are you home? And I was like, yeah. fuck. So, cut to Route 229, Rixieville, Virginia. It's 11.23am. Not p.m. a.m. These timestamps did my fucking yeah. pissing on this episode. I'm like, calm so down. specific. There's no need. So, Dwayne Barry is driving rather erratically down the road. He makes like sharp turns and everything and he's speeding. There is a radio playing, a red right hand. And a red right hand. <laughs> but a policeman eventually catches up, pulls him over, and we see that inside the boot of the car, Scully is bound and gagged. Some precious cargo you've got there. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Be fucking careful. <laughs> Let's talk about how this police officer walks up to the beat of the song and it's cheesy as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> there's so many amazing shots in this and then there's like that cheesy shot and I'm like, why go ruin it? Yeah. <laughs> it's like the one at the start with a hand coming up and I'm like, no. Yeah. No. <laughs> Just no. No. Immediately no. So this patrolman asks him if he could turn off his radio and Wayne Barry is just like, nope, I have got to keep going. And over the APB wire... In the patrolman's car, it says that an FBI has APB has been issued for a suspect in the abduction of an FBI agent, presumably going on to say, you know, looking for Dwayne Barry. But this guy can't hear it because he's not in the car. So eventually, Dwayne Barry turns it off and he's just at the radio off and he's like, can you just give me the ticket? And he's like, I've got places to go. And he is shifty as fuck. Shifty as fuck. So this patrolman is not letting him go easy and he's asking where he needs to go. And Dwayne Barry is like, I'm not sure, but they'll tell me when I get there. <laughs> And he's just like, right, oh. And then he notices the blood on his hands and he notices the, the hospital ID band and he takes out his gun and points it at Dwayne Barry. Tells him to put his hands on the steering wheel and he, Dwayne Barry's just like, nope, they're waiting for me. Like, I gotta go. <laughs> so they argue back and forth and Dwayne Barry's like, no, I've got to keep moving. Like, for your own sake, don't stop Dwayne Barry. <laughs> Still referring to himself in the third person. Yep. My, my guy. So Scully starts, well, she hears the, the patrolman and she starts like banging on the, the boot to get out. So he turned, the patrolman turns around to look at it and notices it. But Dwayne Barry pulls out his gun and shoots him. And then he gets out of the car, opens up the boot and just stares at her like the wee fucking creep that he is. Yeah, unnecessary. Mm -hmm. Like, why open the boot just to be like, what's up? And then like, close it. So, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So silly. So silly. But we need that for the plot later on. But uh -huh. it, just, it makes no sense in that moment for him to open up that. No, yeah. Like, if he was going to hit her, not that I'm saying I want Scully to be yeah. a hit, but like, maybe like I warn, like, fucking be quiet. Uh -huh. That would make sense. But for him just to open the, the bit of the car and then. Just close it again. Yeah. Weird. Like weird. And obviously, when we see a bit, we're like trunk in America. Aye. It's the bit. It's the bit. It's the bit. It's the bonnet, not the hood. <laughs> <laughs> so FBI headquarters, video production unit, it's 3.11pm. So they're looking at the surveillance from the patrolman interaction with Wayne Barry and Mulder tells the guy to pause it and to back it up and magnify the area where he points to the boot. So he does it and then there's a unrealistically clear shot of Scully. <laughs> Poking out in what the... world yeah we're still looking at grainy cctv footage like in 2023 yeah because they're like have you seen this person i'm like no because like it's just a pixelated picture like yeah. what the fuck yeah grainy footage of scully in the car that we would never be able to blow up and see yeah <laughs> but Mulder's just like oh my god she's still alive he's like print this out and just, he seems so excited that you know like she's still alive like yes at that point. At that point, yeah. That would be, uh, I'm a pessimist. I'd be like, well, she was alive then, she's probably dead now. Yeah. So we're still at the FBI headquarters. It's 4.08pm and Mulder is listening to the tape recorder of the hostage situation. So it's going on and on. He's basically 
re-listening to the only part that says like ascending, ascending to the stars, and that's like the bit he's focusing on. Crycheck walks in and he has got two coffees. Oh, sweetheart. Oh, yeah. A little cutie pie. No one brings me coffee at work. That's true, yeah. So Mulder takes the coffee and Crytek asks how he sleep, how he slept, and Mulder says that he didn't. And the fact that this man is slowly descending into madness, yeah. into desperation, because Scully is gone. Also like, the irony, because this is called Ascension, and he, he's just descending <laughs> yeah. into the darkness. Um, so yeah, so he doesn't even think about trying to go to sleep because he's been taken, and that he saw her bound and gagged in this car, and he has got vis- visible proof of her being like harmed and abducted, and yeah. just like, wow. <laughs> Pterodactyl scream. Yeah. I would do it but my thoughts too, so <laughs> well, it's fucking cold. So yeah, Mulder's going back to re-listening to the tape over and over again. And Crycheck can hear it this time and he asks what it is, like what has he picked up on? So Mulder asks where the patrolman was killed, and he says Ricksville, Virginia, Route 229. Mulder asks if it goes to Blue Ridge Parkway, and then Crycheck doesn't know, so he walks over. Crycheck's <laughs> just like, I'm not fucking Google Maps, bro. <laughs> like, well, why are you asking me? Pretty much, that's how that goes down. So he walks over to his many shelves, which has got like phone books and stuff in it, and he opens it up and finally lands on a page which has an ad that reads Ascent to the Stars, Skyland Mountain, and Mulder reads it out and rips the page out, and obviously this is like, this is where Dwayne Barry is going. Uh, Crycheck asks if he knows where he's going, and Mulder's just like, get your car, we'll be downstairs. And Crycheck's like, yeah, but where are we going? And Mulder's like, just get your car. Yeah. He's like, what about Skinner? He's like, I'll deal with Skinner. He's like, just get the fucking car. <laughs> and we said this on the last recording as well. <laughs> like, Mulder dealing with Skinner is sitting like a stroppy little child while he gets screamed at by Skinner. He's never actually going to see fucking Bootagus. <laughs> but I love how he's like, oh, I'll deal with Skinner. You'll just get shouted at by Skinner, yeah. Mulder. Stop trying to act like a tough guy. We all know you're not. So in the parking garage, we see Crycheck talking on the phone, and he's standing next to the car, and he speaks into it, saying that he thinks Scully's been taken up Skyland Mountain. I'll hold him off until they locate her. Oh, all right, mm-hmm. man. Mm-hmm. Little rat bastard. Oh, rat bastard. He's in on it. Yeah. <laughs> he's my little rotten soldier. We need, we need a t-shirt that says little rat bastard, affectionately. Yeah. So he turns around and sees Mulder's approaching and he says, like, you know, like, he's coming and I'll be in touch. So he hangs up and pushes the wee antenna down on his phone and it's just something mm-hmm. like these. <laughs> it's so cute. So they get in the car and drive off and they drive past a parked car, which old Drylips is sitting in, and he lowers the phone from his ear and he too pushes the wee antenna down and then it just kind of like reveals that that's who he's talking to. So yeah. they were sus all along. Little rat bastard. So cut to Route 211 in Warrington, Virginia. It's 5.43pm. Mulder is speeding down the road and his eyes close as he is driving. He's struggling to keep them open. And eventually nods off and a truck is speeding towards them. So Crescent just like pushes him <laughs> and he wakes up and then the truck swerves out the way and Crycheck's just like, thank fuck. It's like, yeah. you're dozing off, maybe I should drive. And Mulder's just like, no, I'm fine. Crycheck isn't, like, adamant enough. I'd be like, no. pull the fuck over or I'll literally shoot you in the head right now. <laughs> I am armed, motherfucker. You're not driving this car. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Crytek's just like, okay, you drive. <laughs> yeah, it's very strange. But yeah, he should not be driving. No. But yeah, at the same time, I'm going feral because Mulder's like, no, I can't stop until I find her. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, I want to do it all. But he still remains his little quips, though, because Crytek's like, you know, Chernobyl, Exxon Valdez, Three Mile Island, they were all linked to sleep deprivation and Mulder... Um, it's like did they estimate? Oh no, no. And then he goes on to say the U.S. Department of Transportation estimates that over 190,000 fatal car crashes every year are linked to sleepiness. And Mulder's like, do they estimate how many people are put to sleep listening to their statistics? <laughs> I can't remember if that was part of Chernobyl the TV series. If they were tired, I feel like they were just running. Out of t- I can't remember. I need to watch that again. It was quite a hard watch, but it was really fucking good. Yeah, a hard watch. I mean, like, I don't mean like it's bad and it's hard to watch. I mean, it's just so. I don't know how to describe uh, it, but like, it, it is a hard watch. Like It's heavy shit that you're watching. It was good, though. So Mulder goes on to say that, look, I know you think we should have told Skinner, but if he sends the whole cavalry, Dwayne Murray might go over the edge. <laughs> <laughs> so Crycheck agrees with him and says that if we find him, Mulder says, if we find him first, we'll notify the Bureau. And Crycheck is like, right, okay. He's like, do you really think he tracked her down with that implant? And I'm like, the, the man is in a hospital. Like, he woke up from a coma after being shot. Like, what has he got on him? 
to track anything and in the 90s to exactly. track anybody. But I think it, there's not a layer of show that, that it was actually CSM or someone that gave him the, the whereabouts. I think it does. Like tip, tipped him off or something. But they're all like, oh, like, did they track over the implant? I'm like, yeah, but okay. Wait, what? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's fucking iPhone or his iPad? No, because they don't exist. Like, yeah. what was he tracking her with? Yeah. She's going around with a Geigo counter fucking looking for this fucking <laughs> little bit of metal. I don't know. But Volner says, well, that's the easiest explanation, but it's also the most implausible. And Crychey asks, is there another possibility? And Volner's like, someone could have given them the address, but he doesn't know who. Ba -ba -ba. It was Crychey. <laughs> yeah. They drive past the road sign that reads Ascent to the Stars, Skyland Mountain. So on Skyland Mountain, they walk up to the tram operator. I know, they're talking to the tram operator and they show him a mugshot of Dwayne Barry. And he says that, yeah, he was here. And Cratchit says that he's wanted for kidnapping a federal agent. Did you let him go up in the tram? And he says that, no, it's close to the summer. I told him to take the back road up. And that was about 45 minutes ago. Mulder asks if he had a woman with him, and he says no. And he also says that it takes a little over an hour to get to the top. He saw her in the bit of the car, so why is he expecting this guy to know? Yeah, just have her vibe in the passenger seat. Well, also, she, she, I can't remember the guy's name now, but the guy that plays the tram operator is the guy from Amy Unrequired. With a very thick Canadian accent. Yeah. Can't remember if he had that in either of those other two episodes, but in this episode, he's a very obvious Canadian. And I'm like, well, I could just be a Canadian, yeah. Canadian working in America. But I'm just like, I wonder why they didn't say, like, put an American accent on. Uh -huh. So Calder is, like, desperate to get up there. He's like, you got to get me up. But the guy's like, no, like, we've just done, we've just refitted the cables. It hasn't been tested yet. You'll have to drive. And Mulder's just like, I don't have the time. <laughs> You're like, what? But in the drama, Avery is like, you don't have a choice. And Mulder's like, no, you don't have a choice. And it's like, what? I just want to point out, <laughs> you did not say operator there. I don't know. No. I don't know how it came out, but it was not operator. But it was funny. Let's just roll with it. Operator. I was reading ahead. Yeah, it? <laughs> it's fine. I was just like, she's because I do it sometimes, like, oh, and I'm listening back in, and I'm like, I don't know what I thought I was saying there, but that's definitely. That's she proved myself right there because that wasn't definitely there. Yeah, that definitely wasn't the word that was said. So yeah, <laughs> Brown. Um, yeah. So he like pulls back his coat to reveal his gun, and it's a tram operator. <laughs> operator this time. Yeah, you know I'm saying it. Smooth uh, operator. Yeah, yeah. He's just like fuck this and turns the tram on. And he's like, right, I can't stop you. Oh, Most respect because I'm really right. Misuse of power. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking a cab. Mm -hmm. um, but he says if there's a problem with the cable, he's going to shut it down and he's not going to be responsible for your death. <laughs> so Mulder gets in by himself and locks the door. And Cratchit says, like, what are you doing? Say, don't leave me. Take me with you. <laughs> and Mulder says that he's to stay here and whatever happens, don't let him stop the tram. So Mulder starts up the tram. The tram operator is talking him through it. He says, don't crank it faster than 15. Of course, Mulder is like, fuck this, and puts it to the fastest speed. <laughs> he is a man on a mission. He's like, rules, what rules? <laughs> yeah. So it goes up to 20, and it goes up to 26, and the tram operator is going off on one to cry check. He's like, I told him not to go that fast, what's he doing? Crycheck's like, bitch, it's not my problem. Yeah. Like, do you think I have any control over this spooky little fuck? Yeah. So he's picking up the transmitter to speak to Mulder, who just doesn't reply, just ignores him. And But the cable is sounding a bit dodgy. Mm -hmm. So it cuts back and forth to it's like Dwayne Barry driving up, like Scully still in the boot. And the tram now going up at a speed of 30, and that the operator can no longer be heard over the machinery because, yeah, he's not stopping. Mulder's not stopping for anything. <laughs> so he eventually picks up, and the tram operator tells him to slow down, and Mulder's just like, ah, you're breaking up. Bullshit. <laughs> New phone, who this? Yeah. So he warns him about the tower and saying that the cables will jump when you hit the tower if it goes too fast. So Mulder slows it down, and it is a rocky pass through the tower. It does not sound good. And he tells him, and he speeds it back up again, and the operator tells him to slow it down again for the next tower, so he does. Crycheck asks how close he is, and uh, the tram operator says that he should be at the top in a minute. And in the background, Crycheck is unhooking his holster and pulling out his gun. And when the tram operator announces that he's at the top, Crycheck pistol whips the guy mm -hmm. and kills him. And then he just like, this is going to be... That kills him. Well, but not. he disappears afterwards, so he did something to him afterwards, but... Yeah. I mean, I don't know. You can kill someone from a blow to head, actually. So. Yeah. Anyway, Crycheck's bad. Yeah. Surprise to no one. <laughs> yeah. So again, kills him, pistol whips him, and then he just like puts his gun away and then just like fixes his hair. I'm like, bro, what are you doing? <laughs> Gotta make sure the, the hair is looking good. <laughs> Nothing else matters. Yeah. So he then turns the tram off 
and it is now stopped. Mulder's freaking out. He's like, turn it back on. He's like, Krajic, what's happening? And then he just ignores him. And then he pulls out his phone and tells whoever's on the other side, probably old dry lips, that he's got him stalled up there and he will hold him until you advise. So Dwayne Barry is driving past cabins, which are presumably at the top of the mountain. And Mulder, not getting a response, puts in the transmitter and starts like pulling the place apart, basically, to like look for things, how to get out. So he pulls down the ladder and climbs up to the top. And Krychik is just like, this bitch. He's like, for fuck's sake. So Mulder starts to climb out and then Krychik turns the tram back on, which nearly throws Mulder off. (laughs) This is one of the shots, like my favourite. Again, the twilight. The twilight guy. Yeah. It's a good shot. It's a good shot. Yeah, of like the tower and the cable car and the... And the crew irresponsibly putting David Duchovny on top of a cable car. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, the 90s. So Mulder manages to pull himself back up and narrowly avoiding the next tower where he could get crushed. And the tram reaches the end point and Mulder jumps off and runs up the hill and Cratchit's just like, crazy. So Mulder finds Dwayne Barry's car. And he sees that the doors are open, looks around with his torch and sees that the car's empty, the radio's still playing, and he notices the blood on the steering wheel. And when he he opens the boot in the back of the car, he sees that it's empty except for bloody rope and a necklace with a cross on it. So he takes Scully's necklace and hears a noise and he looks up to see a giant beam of light coming down on something over the hill. So the object speeds off and now Dwayne's Barry's laughing can be heard. So Mulder runs over and Dwayne is just not listening. He is having the time of his life. <laughs> but Mulder runs over, keeps his gun on him and tells him, like, you know, freeze, hands in the air. Oh, he's already got his hands in the air, I suppose. Mm. But he's asking, where's Scully? And Dwayne is just shouting up to this guy, basically. He's like, I'm free, you sons of bitches. You can't touch mm-hmm. Dwayne Barry anymore. <laughs> he's living his best life. Yeah. He's like Mulder and the pilot. <laughs> he's like, I lost time. <laughs> he really is. But also, is this? Did we just pass the scene where Mulder's? At the, that's the scene where Mulder's at the bay when he's looking for Scully, and then get that great light. And it's yeah, like the back yeah, yeah. and it's like kind of silhouette of the car and him. Amazing shot. One of the best shots, to be fair, in the series. Yeah, so good. So Mulder eventually grabs Dwayne Barry's wrists, and he's like, you know, don't move. But Dwayne Barry's like, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> And Mulder keeps asking, where is she? Where did you leave her? And Dwayne Barry finally says that they took her. And Mulder's like, who took them? Who took her? And Dwayne says it was them. It's like, I told you they would take somebody else. And they did. So Mulder starts leading them back towards the car when a helicopter comes up from behind the hill, shining a bright spotlight on them. And Dwayne Barry thinks that these are the aliens that have returned and starts, like, basically freaking out. He's like, no, I'm not going back. And Mulder struggled to hold him as he continually just shouts like, no, 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 over and over again. <laughs> Basically, that's how that went. Yeah. <laughs> and that is the end of my notes. Okay, so we cut to Skyland Mountain Summit, 8.46pm. People run around. You hear like over the radio, people are saying like the choppers found them on the mountain. And they've sent out five different teams to search for the federal agent. So obviously Scully is still missing. So then we cut to the inside where we see Twain Barry cuffed tied up or whatever onto a chair and Mulder's sitting there too looking very ragged looking very mm-hmm. uh, distraught like, uh, yeah distraught he's going to say uh, so anyway Mulder stands up and puts his hands on his hips because he's a ho <laughs> and yep. he basically asks Dwayne what happened after you took her out of the trunk and Dwayne says they walked up to the top of the mountain and says that's right where Mulder found Dwayne and then Mulder asks when did you, where did you take her after that and Dwayne says he didn't they did that was the deal her instead of me Mulder closes his eyes like I can't fucking deal with this (laughs) talks some sense then he walks over to Dwayne and quietly asks did you kill her and when he does that because the way that he says it oh my god Dwayne assures him that he didn't and says he swears he doesn't and then Mulder notices there's some burn marks on Dwayne's face and asks him how did he get them and Dwayne says they're from the ship Mulder asks what ship and I'm just like Mulder since when did you not believe in aliens because what the fuck my bro like fucking U-turn again the room <laughs> yeah so Dwayne says you saw it and Mulder's like I saw a helicopter and I'm like dude you saw something before the helicopter like don't be a fucking well cynic so Dwayne says that like, the aliens were here he's not lying to them and then we see through like the window so that well window looking onto the car I believe it is and we see some men looking into the room and Dwayne says there they are ask them they know what happened and he goes to stand up and like Mulder pushes him back into the chair and tells him to sit down and Dwayne tells him you've got to stop them hurry hurry but then when Mulder looks around we've already seen them walk away 
so he doesn't see them and i'm like yeah i did because i was like are they real were they really there or Ah, were they in his head nobody fucking knows because Mulder didn't turn around in time good point so yeah he's like settle the fuck down twain says they'll tell you where she is the military's in on it just ask them and then Mulder's like did you hurt her and patty tells him no and then Mulder like screams did you hurt her (laughs) and it's like go feral bae yeah Mulder not Mulder twain again assures him that he didn't and then Mulder asks, what is this? And Dwayne shakes his head and Mulder grabs him by the throat and starts choking him. Because that's like proper police work, apparently. Yep. So then after a wee while, Mulder lets go and Barry's like coughing and gagging. Mm-hmm. Then Dwayne Barry apologises and says that they had to take her. I hope they're not hurting her too much with the tests. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just like, <laughs> bro, you made it worse because Mulder looks fucking distraught. I'm surprised he didn't break his nose or something yeah, like that. I know. So Mulder like walks out and then he heads down the corridor and Crycheck stops him. Again, Mulder just looks fucking devastated. Yeah. And Crycheck asks, like, what's up? What did he say? And Mulder says that he's given him nothing. And then asks if Crycheck was out here alone. And Crycheck says, Yeah, why? And obviously he's trying to verify whether there was guys out there. But Crycheck's a lying bastard, so we mm-hmm. still don't know him. And Mulder then just says, listen, no one, nobody goes in or out of that room. And then he starts walking down the corridor with some more and someone says, hi, Tommy, he just completely blanks him. So then he goes over to like a window and looks out at a light and then he kind of sees like a flash. It's like in his head, so it kind of like goes bright and you see what he's seeing. And he's basically seen Scully abducted like on a table with a drill spinning above her. And she looks pretty petrified. Then you see some like tube come down onto her stomach and her stomach starts to like inflate like she's getting pregnant. So he walks back to the room where Dwayne is and he sees that Crycheck's talking to him. Mulder taps on the window and Crycheck looks over at Mulder and Mulder just like waves him out of the room. So Crycheck continues to talk to Dwayne for a few seconds and then he goes out to see Mulder and Mulder asks him what he's doing and Crycheck's like, I heard him and then Mulder cuts him off like, come here. <laughs> and Crycheck's like, I heard him gagging in there. He can't, he can't breathe. And then Mulder's like, no one. And then like Mulder try, uh, Crycheck tries to speak again. And Mulder's like, no one. <laughs> <laughs> and Crycheck obviously means like no one's supposed to go in the room. And Crycheck yeah. says, he said you choked him. And again, Mulder's like, no one's to interrogate the suspect. And Crycheck points out like, except for you. <laughs> it's just what like, sassy. <laughs> and Mulder's like, did you ask him about Scully? Crycheck says, yeah. He's like, what did he say? He, said, he started whistling Stairway to Heaven. And you absolute prick, Crycheck. <laughs> you absolute motherfucker. How dare you do this to this man? He is torn up as it is. Uh-huh. You are a cunt, <laughs> to be fair. He is. So Mulder asks a guard to keep an eye on Dwayne. And the guard's like, sure, sure. And... The guard goes up to the room and cry check and Mulder like goes to the door and then Skinner is there with some amigos, I don't know who they are. And Skinner asks if they've got twain. Mulder says yes. And then Skinner's like, Agent Mulder, you disobeyed my direct order, which is just like a catchphrase of Skinner's at this point. Yeah. And then we hear the guards like being in a bit of a kerfuffle and they're like, Call the paramedics. So they all run into Twain's room and Twain's like on the floor choking and Mulder asks what's happening and the guard said that he was gagging Mulder tries to get a response from Dwayne but he's dying so no luck with that and then basically like he wheezes has his final breath and then closes his eyes then two paramedics run in and start doing CPR it's the worst CPR I've ever seen in my life they're doing like five what was it was it like five breaths and five compressions or was it like just maybe still two breaths but only five compressions yeah. and then back to breaths and i was just like what are you actually trying to do with that because yeah. that's so wrong it's unreal. not saving anybody yeah so either cpr really sucked in america in the 90s or no one bothered to learn how to do cpr before filming this scene so then we cut to the fbi academy more quantico virginia it's 6 7 a.m twin barry's dead bodies there and he's got like a little t- tag on and Mulder's like standing looking at it when a doctor walks in and the well she's a she's a pathologist and she's like who the fuck are you yeah and Mulder says he's agent Mulder and he says he'd like a copy of this man's autopsy report and pathologist tells him it's still incomplete he asks if she's the one doing the autopsy and she says yes and he asks can he ask what her preliminary premil- preliminary no preliminary yep close enough findings are and she says second degree burns to the face contusions about the neck bruised larynx if i had to list cause of death at this point i'd have to say asphyxiation where are you expecting something else and mona asks if she's run a toxicology and she says they'll be finished shortly with that and he says he'd be interested to find to see what they find 
and when will they be on file? She says later this morning, and Mother asks for a copy. And she says, sorry, you'll have to go through regular military channels. And then Mother's like, the fuck you mean military? Like, are you not FBI? And she says that Quantico's under military jurisdiction. There wasn't an FBI pathologist uh, oh my god, pathologist available this morning. Like, yeah, because she got fucking abducted. <laughs> yeah, fucking that. That been our gal. Just rubbed salt in the wind. <laughs> and then she's like, guess I want out of there. So then we cut to downtown Washington, D.C. It's 6.16am and we see Crycheck going through a parking lot, like an underground parking facility. What do you even call that here? Not a parking lot. It's like a multi-story car park. I was like, would it be a multi-story if it was underground? But I'm like, well. Yeah. So Crycheck gets in his car and no other than old dry lips is sitting in his car. Crycheck tells him that Skinner's expecting my report on Twain Parry incident. What do I tell him? And I'm like, does he have to do all this fucking thinking for him? Yeah. So CSM tells him the truth and stubs out his cigarette. Crycheck asks what he means and CSM says, confirm Mulder's version of events. You've earned his trust. The objective now is to preserve it. Ooh. And Crycheck says, for how much longer? He's like, I'm over this bitch. <laughs> like, he like, ditches me all the time. <laughs> he kind of orders me around. I don't like him, but I'm sexually attracted to him. That's a different <laughs> story. <laughs> and CSM's like, until your assignment is complete, you little bitch. Stop moving. Mm-hmm. And Crycheck says, if Mulder is such a threat, why not eliminate him? And all of us are like, yeah. Why? Exactly. Like, it really makes no fucking sense. Could have saved sense. them so much yeah. trouble. So much trouble. Just shit right between the eyes. No, I've seen my one Mulder die, but I'm just saying, if I was CSM, I would just get rid of that. Yeah. So, CSM says it's not policy, and Crycheck's like, what? After what you made me do? And he says, kill Mulder, and you risk turning one man's religion into a crusade. Ooh. Crycheck asks, what about Scully? And CSM says they've taken care of that. I'm like, fuck you. Yeah. Cold-hearted Brick. Yep. Crycheck asks how, and he's basically like, listen, you know what you need to know, and no more. You're a little bitch. You don't deserve yeah. to know. <laughs> Crycheck says he thinks he has a right to know, like a little bitch would say. Yeah. And CSM says, you have no rights, any orders, only orders to be carried out. If you have a problem with that, we'll make other arrangements, which probably means you're going to get killed. So just yep. suck it up. And he gets out of the car and leaves Crycheck. So then we cut to the FBI headquarters. They're still in Washington, D.C. It's 10 36 a.m., and Skinner is looking down at a picture of Dwayne Barry. Skinner says the victim appears to have expired such horrible language to use yes. from prolonged hypopoxemia secondary to asphyxiation so lack of oxygen to the blood so several possible etiologies don't know what that means and most likely strangulation due to the presence of contusions and a bruised larynx do you want to speak to this agent Mulder and Mulder's just like I don't fucking kill him <laughs> fuck off to do yeah. he was interrogating him about Scully and he wasn't cooperating so he pushed him and someone else asked like another dude in the room another agent or ADA don't know asked so you lost control and Mulder's like I momentarily lost control but listen <laughs> yeah, she did. I left the room he was alive he was all good agent Crytek spoke to him afterwards so Ooh, just passing the buck over to Crycheck. <laughs> so Skinner says Agent Crycheck says he entered the room because the suspect was gagging. And Mulder asks, is Agent Crycheck certain that he killed him? And Skinner's like, no, he cooperates your story. But the fact is, we've got a dead suspect Agent Mulder and no other possible cause of death. And he says that the OPC wants them both to take a lie detector test and leave to report to them immediately. And then Mulder's like, there's no other cause of death. That's plausible. And Skinner asks what it is, and he says poisoning by injection or ingestion. And everyone's like, what the fuck? <laughs> and Skinner asks him what it means. And Mulder says, you won't find that on the Navy pathologies, no, pathologist's report. And again, Skinner's like, just what are you saying? Like, spit out, dude. And Mulder says the autopsy is incomplete, that the military covered up the, the toxicological findings. Skinner's like, why would they do that? And Mulder basically says that they're in on it and they know where Scully is. And some of the guys like, why are you so paranoid, Mulder? It's like, who the fuck are you? Like, just yeah. stay quiet. And Mulder's of the ages, but still. Yeah. And, and Mulder's like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it's because I find it hard to trust anybody. <laughs> Which is not really give an answer, but still. He walks out and Skinner looks over to CSM, the drag of his cigarette. He's literally got the easiest fucking job That's in the world him. getting paid hundreds of pounds for just sitting there or thousands of pounds rather for sitting there pretending to smoke yep. so or I think he really did smoke for a while and then he decided to pretend I so, got like menthol no it's not menthol or herbal herbal yeah. that was it but at first he was smoking real cigarettes yeah I'm surprised he's still alive I might have seen so he would have had a long to doing well for himself I think yeah so 
Mulder goes, like, finds Krychek in the corridor, and he's, like, suddenly calling him Alex, which is weird, and he asks to borrow his car keys, and Krychek's like, where are you going? And we're supposed to be scheduled at OPC, and Mulder's like, yeah, no, just give me your car keys. And Krychek's a little bitch, so he just does it. Like, he's not happy about it, but he does it. And Mulder fucks off to go get his car, like, Krychek's car, and then Krychek watches him go, looking all sus. So then we cut to an office of Senator Richard Matheson, 11.45am, and then we see people like just walking up and down the stairs up to the building. We cut inside and Mulder's going up some stairs and who should appear? An ex. And he says, you've a wasted trip, Mr. Mulder. There's nothing <laughs> the Senator can do for you now. And Mulder's like, <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> like, why are you here, first of all? Yeah. And second, how do you even know what I'm here for? And X says, not without committing political suicide. And Mulder asks, do they have something on him? And he says, they have something on everyone, Mr. Mulder. Only people have something to hide, though. I'm like, if you're not a shady bastard, they've got yeah. nothing on you. So, I don't know. What do they have on him? Then again, they p- pretend that guy's a pedophile, don't they, in P- Fight the Future. Yeah. So, yeah. X says, the question is, when they'll use it. And Mulder says he needs his help. And <laughs> X is like, no one can help you now. <laughs> Great, love it. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Mulder says your predecessor could have helped me. And they both like kind of glare at each other for a while. And Mulder's then like, you know what happened to her, don't you? And X says, this reaches beyond any of us, Mr. Mulder, even my predecessor. And then Mulder's kind of happy. He's like, I want some answers. And Dwayne's like, not Dwayne. X is like, fucking got to do all your thinking for me, for you. Why kill Dwayne Barry if there was nothing to hide? And Mulder's like, you mean the government? And X again's like, there's no answers for you. They only have one policy. Deny everything. Which I do like that one. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one, Chris Carr. Yeah. We got a win there. Yeah. And then like X just fucks off. And Mulder's left, left on the stairs looking all... um, distraught again and just like hopeless so then he goes back to the car he gets in he's like thinking to himself and then he opens up the ashtray and sees a bunch of cigarette butts and we find out that Krychek is a lion hole well we already know that but Mulder finds out and the shot is really bad for some reason it's really grainy it's not been done to HD so then we cut to the FBI headquarters, Washington, D.C. It's 8.11am and we cut to Skinner, who is in HD. And we thank you for that. <laughs> so Mulder's like, this is a serious... Not Mulder. Skinner's like, this is a serious allegation, Agent Mulder. And Mulder says, so long as it's true. And Skinner says, Agent Krychek was hired or suborned, by the way, he's reading from a report, by mm-hmm. an outside agency to impede a federal investigation and may be responsible for the death of a suspect in a capital murder case. Nope. Mulder's like, it goes on. <laughs> and like, Calm down, man. <laughs> and Skinner continues to read on the possible murder of the tram operator at Skyland Mountain. There's a lot of blood on this document, Agent Mulder. Are you standing behind this or going on the record? Sorry, you stand behind this, going on the record. And Mulder says, yep. So, he doesn't say that, but you know what I mean. And Skinner's like, well, you better have some fucking facts to back this up. (laughs) And then Skinner presses like his little intercom and he says, I need to see Agent Krychek immediately. And he goes to stand by the window and he says that he can't protect Mulder. I don't know when he has been protecting him, to be honest, at this point, but whatever. Yep. And he says, past this point, this will become a larger bureau matter. And then asks Mulder what he's got. And he just gives him like some of the cigarette box that he's found. And I'm just like, that's not the best evidence. No. But he says like he found this in the car and Crychek doesn't smoke. And he says he also was the last person to see the travel operator before he disappeared. And when he got to the top of Skyline Mountain, saw an unmarked helicopter working the area. And believes that Agent Crychek gave away the whereabouts of Dwayne Barry and Agent Scully to whoever he's working with. Skinner asks, and who is that? And Mulder's like, I don't fucking know. He's like, the military, a covert organization within the government whoever is the man who smokes those cigarettes works for and skinner's like why and i'm like why have you never asked skinner yeah <laughs> why are you just letting this man sit in your means smoking cigarettes and never questioning anything yeah and the mother says because agent scully got too close to whatever it is they're trying to deny because she had hard damning evidence the metallic implant in her possession or because her termination would prevent further involvement with my work and he's like, like do you think agent scully's dead I'm more in love with her than you, Agent yeah. Mulder. <laughs> but we all like to d- d- fucking ignore that. <laughs> it's obvious, though. And Mulder asks, what do you know about Agent Krychek? If Sorry, first he says, I don't know. I don't know how far they'd go. What do you know about Agent Krychek? And Skinner says, I didn't give him the assignment. I only... 
Then the phone rings. He answers it. Ooh. And he says, yes, thank you. Hangs up. And then says, Agent Crycheck didn't show up for work this morning. His home number has been disconnected. Excuse me. Indigestion. Has been disconnected. Shock. And then like just kind of sits down like, what are you going to do? Yeah. <laughs> and Walter's like, that's it. He's gone. He just disappears into the woodwork. And Skinner's like, so it would appear. And it makes no fucking sense for Skinner to be unbothered by this. Like, it's Doesn't. so stupid. So Mulder's like, who are these people who can just murder with impunity and we can't do anything about it? And Skinner says, let it go. And Mulder's like, like hell. <laughs> <laughs> and you. Skinner, again, same as the ex, is like, there's nothing you can do. And then Mulder's like, what can you do about it? And it's like, oh, shots fired. Yep. So Skinner says, there's only one thing I can do, Agent Mulder. As of right now, I'm reopening the X-Files. For the first, but certainly not the last time. Yeah. And then Skinner says, that's what they fear most. And it's just the shittiest line ever, whatever. Yeah. So then we see Agent Mulder walking outside of the FBI headquarters. And there's like a big fountain in the background. And there's some seagulls bathing in it. Just living for it. They're just living their best life. life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, well done, you guys. Well done. So... He sits down on a park bench and then Margaret Scully walks up to him and she's like, Agent Mulder, and she's so fucking tiny. He's so cute. Yeah, she's so cute. And she says, thank you for calling me. Mulder says, I'm sorry, I don't have better news. And then she's like, do you know something? Is Dana okay? And I'm like, yeah. Maybe freeze your warden a little bit better so it's not like you're about to say off and your daughter dead. Yeah. And Mulder says, they don't know anything more. And she says, she's like, I know you're doing all you can. Oh! Bless her. Ah, Bless her. The way that he looks at her. Yeah. So good. We've said it it before, but it's mother-in-law. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, she just accepts him as her son right away. And we love it. So then mother like gestures for her to sit down. Maggie tells him that I had that dream again last night about Dana being taken away. I can't tell you how it scares me. And oh, he just looks at her and he's just like, I'm so sad for her. And Mulder then says, it's probably scarier when you stop having that dream, don't you think? (laughs) Right. Then he puts his hand into his pocket and brings out the necklace that he found in the boot. And he tells her, I found this. And his voice is so fucking soft. And he puts her in in her hand. And he says, it's something I never consider about her. If she was so such a skeptic, why did she wear that? And then Scully, not Scully, Maggie says, I gave it to her on her 15th birthday. <laughs> Just watch this be rewritten as a Christmas gift when we get to Emily. Yeah. <laughs> or no, it's not Emily, it's Christmas Carol, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. By the king of inconsistent yep. scar, everyone. Take a fucking bow. Yep. So <laughs> Maggie places the cross back into Mulder's hand. And Mulder asks again so fucking softly, like, don't you want to keep it? Then she uses her hand to close his hand over the necklace and she like holds on to her ha- his hand and it's so soft and it's so cute and ah, this is the mother he deserved yeah. not the one he fucking got. Maggie says, when you find her, you can give it to her. And she believes in him. She does. She is the mother he always needed. Like he has never had this belief before. Like no one's ever believed him like this. And he just kind of nods. And then we cut to Skyland Mountain, Virginia and we see Mulder walking up the hill all alone and he's just like looking at the stars and he just looks so fucking sad and he's so depressed and, and he's literally so lost with her like he's so guilt ridden about what happened he's yeah. lost can't go on without her and yeah just cute Leanne Rhymes is how do I live without you because <laughs> how do I live without you I want to know and now he's got to go fuck a vampire to get over it and it's all fucking cry chicks and CSM's fault yeah. you mother fuckers but that's the end of the episode and we're done so do you want to do the fans around there yeah let's do it what are the fans saying at okaboji1 says i am a sucker for Mulder who lost his shit over scully yes crazy and walked around with a stubble yes that is the Mulder we all need yeah definitely kathy g kathy g legend says i love how Mulder does some of his best work when he's sort of unhinged about scully yeah yep so he figured out where Dwayne Barry was taking Scully and about Crycheck's duplicity. He climbed on top of a sky gondola and it's heartbreaking that he was constantly one step too late. Yeah. And Stan goes on to say that the end scene with Maggie left us with us a little hope when she told Mulder to keep, keep Scully's cross so he could give it back to her. And the scene as originally scripted was completely devastating. And mm-hmm. in the tweet she has popped in uh, little screenshots from the original script so yeah. we can have a wee look at them 
Yeah. Really? I thought we had more than that. Oh, there's two more. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Every time. And at Keller McPhee says, Mrs. Mrs. Scully is the best part of this episode. Yes. Yep. Uh, I love how she is with Mulder and the way she folds the necklace back into yes! her. Yes. <laughs> it's so precious. Mulder's stubble is also doing great work. Yep. Yes, yes, yes. But I do get a little bored generally whenever Scully isn't on screen, so it's not my favourite. I feel yeah. that. I get bored in episodes where they're not together. Yeah. Not, yeah, it's not fun yeah I love them both, but it's just not the same when they're not together vibing off each other. Yeah. And at Naz Jazz 26 <laughs> is David Coveney's acting is top class in this episode. Yeah, I don't think we actually said that, but he does generally look like he's going through it in this right. episode. It is a good look. Yeah. And I think we had one on Discord, did we not? Yes, we did. We all remember. So, Strongy Ladies says, This is the first time that Mulder and Maggie Scully meet, and it's such an important moment that frames their relationship for the rest of the series. Yes. I wish we got more Mulder and Maggie interacting. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that should have been throughout the series. Yeah. And it's even worse that he's gone through all that time when Scully's pregnant and like Maggie's in it, and I'm just like, he should have been there. Like, yeah. Oh, it's so annoying. So annoying. They should have had more time together. And then in the revival, it's like, what, you brought her back just to kill her off? Like, she should have been there, like, helping Mulder and Scully get back together. Yeah, for sure. Fucking missed the beat. They did. Right, so I think that's everything, yeah? Mm Mm-hmm. So, if you want to join in the conversation, you can follow us on Twitter at the MSR Files Pod, or you can follow us on Instagram and TikTok at the MSR Files Podcast, or you can always email us at the MSR Files Podcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to send in your spooky stories if you have any, and I think that's it, yeah? See you next time for three. <laughs> Fun and games. Fun and games. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. Yeah.